episode 774. With the NFL Combine set to start next week, it's time to start getting prepared. So we call upon Aaron Underwood of Bleacher Report to talk Packers and look at prospects. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Good morning, Green Bay Packers fans, and welcome to Railbird Central at Cheesehead TV, the longest pack, longest tenured Packers podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Brian Kirivu, and we are getting ready for the NFL Combine today. I apologize, those of you who are waiting for the live edition of the show, we had an internet outage at the Railbird Central Studios But that's okay, we're just getting getting going a little bit late today. But to kick off the show, we have a guest joining us today. Baltar, find me another expert. One that likes me this time, okay? We have Aaron Underwood of Bleacher Report joining us on the show. This is a pre-recorded interview, but we talk about a lot of Packers topics, including an NFL Combine preview. Hope you enjoy it. Right now on Railbird Central, we're talking to Aaron Underwood of Bleacher Report, joining us for an interview. Aaron, how are you this morning? I'm good, Brian. How are you? Very good. Glad you could join us. The NFL Combine, Aaron, starts next week, so we'll focus quite a bit of our conversation on that. The Packers recently announced the press conferences for General Manager Ted Thompson and Coach Mike McCarthy will take place next Wednesday. For McCarthy, it'll be the first time he's faced the media since his season-ending press conference. So, Aaron, if you could ask Mike McCarthy a question at the NFL Combine, what would it be and why? So, that's a really good question, Um, and I'm going to try to get out of my journalism mindset here and actually propose a question that I think kind of as a fan, something that I would want to know. Um, I guess if I only get one question, I think – as we are going into the combine, as we are going into free agency, I would want to know from McCarthy what exactly the Packers' process of self-diagnosis for issues, the issues that we saw during the season, how do they self-diagnose that in the offseason? So I guess what exactly does that process look like? So from a coach's perspective, um, what is the method, if there is even a formulated method, for figuring out not just where but how the team can improve um, through the draft through free agency, and then hopefully make it to the championship next year? Obviously, it's a huge question, um, and I'm sure from McCarthy, not one we get an answer to, but I think, um, you know, with fans, we can sit here all day, we can speculate who they're going to draft or who they're going to go after at the Combine, what they're looking for, um, who they're going to pick up in free agency or who we saw or who we're going to see this season. But I think I want to know what the actual strategy is behind that, um, what the process is as we go into the Combine. Um, so to sum it all up, I guess my big question would be for Mike McCarthy, what does the process of the Packers self-diagnosis look like to address the problems we saw in the offseason? So kind of like the Wizard of Oz, pulling back the curtain, huh? <laughs> A little bit, yeah. We get to see the inside work of yeah. what they're doing back there. <laughs> all right, same question for Ted Thompson, who will face the media for really the first time in more than six months. I think the last time he talked to to the media was probably training camp. If you could ask him a question, what would it be and why? I would do something very similar for Ted Thompson, but except um, I would like to lean on the free agency side of things. 
So obviously the biggest factor outside of the draft um, is the complicated system of free agency. I'd want to know how he determines which Packers to keep and which to cut. What does that strategy look like? So again, if we look last year at like Josh Sitton, we were all, for most of us, I mean, I know I was completely shocked when they released him because it didn't seem like a, it didn't seem like a good choice at the time, but I would want to know what made them, what made him make that decision. Was it, a gut feeling that they'd be able to fill the gaps with Wayne Taylor? Was it purely a business decision? Um, was it a combination of both? But so for Ted, I'd ask probably a similar question, but I want to know more about their free agency strategy. Um, you know, what measurements they use to determine who they're going to keep and who they're going to cut. Getting into the mind of Ted Thompson, not an easy thing. <laughs> Uh, Aaron, as the team begins to look at prospects here at the Combine, what do you think is the Packers' biggest need on the team as it stands right now? The million-dollar question, the one we all want to know. (laughs) Um, Obviously the defense, obviously the cornerback position is where we really struggled and is really kind of what killed us last year. Um, We need depth in the secondary and on defense overall. So I've said it so many times, but I think the Packers definitely do – a tremendous job of developing their talent um, on offense under Aaron Rodgers. You know, we see these guys who come off the practice squad like Geronimo Allison and really on offense, we're able to turn these guys into playmakers, but that doesn't always translate over to our defense. So I think the bigger picture is definitely that we need more depth. Um, Obviously Demarius Randall, Clinton Rollins, they're so young that if we could get veteran talent back there, you know, or even a big draft pick, that would be really helpful. Um, realistically, I'd like to see us do a little bit of both because I don't think we can keep getting younger. Um, but definitely the secondary, the cornerback position is the biggest thing that we're going to need to address this offseason. But then also on defense, um, the outside linebacker position. So Clay Matthews, he's getting older, slightly less reliable than he has been as far as injuries. Um, and I believe he's the only edge rusher under contract for this upcoming year. So with Julius Peppers retiring, you know, or maybe even going to Carolina, I think addressing the cornerback position and the outside linebacker position are going to be key. Um, and then on offense, the running back position, obviously. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of people would agree with those positions of need. Uh, obviously, depending on what happens in free agency is a little bit tricky. Um, as you go into the draft. But, uh, Aaron, obviously the NFL draft is still months away, and no one can blame you if you change your mind. But I'm curious, if you had to predict who the Packers will take in the first round, who do you think it would be? And understandably, this is pre-combine talk. If a guy runs a slow 40, maybe he slides down or a good athlete. So uh, I'm not going to hold this to hold you to this. Um, I'm going to go – back to that cornerback position and say probably Sidney Jones um, from Washington. I think that he's probably a realistic option based on where the Packers stand in the draft. Um, Also, Desmond King from Iowa could be another option um, as Sidney Jones happens to go early. I think fortunately for Green Bay, this is a pretty heavy cornerback um, draft pool. So if we don't end up getting Sidney, I think it's not going to be devastating. Um, And again, going back to what I said before about the Packers being able to develop players, I think that um, they're really good at picking up players later later on in the draft. So if we don't get a huge pick in the first round like Sidney Jones, um, and we pick up a cornerback maybe in the third or fourth round, that would be okay too. But, yeah, my choice, if I had to pick, I would definitely pick Sidney Jones. Sounds good. I can buy that. Um, as far as uh, other players at the NFL Combine, maybe it's not necessarily someone you think the Green Bay Packers will draft. 
but is there one player out there that you're particularly interested in seeing work out at the combine that you you want to know the 40 time or the bench press or the the <laughs> vertical jump or whatever it is uh what do you want to see I'm going to have to go with my Wisconsin pride here and say probably TJ Watt. Um, I am just about the biggest JJ Watt fan there is. So (laughs) anytime I get a chance to see more Watt brothers, I'm pretty pumped about that. Um, But then outside of the Badgers, I think that um, from Texas A&M, Miles Garrett, he's really fun to watch when he's playing. He's very explosive. He's insanely athletic. And that's obviously what the combine is all about. So definitely TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, um, couple of quarterbacks I'd also like to see Deshaun Watson play I think with winning the championship game it's going to be fun to watch too cool cool all right changing gears from the combine and draft talk to free agency here Aaron if you had to prioritize one of the Packers own free agents uh, the guys who were on the team in 2016 who do you think the Packers absolutely must re-sign and why so there's two guys that I would definitely say they need to resign, and that would be Nick Perry and J.C. Chutter. I know a lot of people are pretty apt on keeping T.J. Lang, um, but he's been so injured and he's slightly older, so I think the priorities here are definitely going to be Nick Perry and then Chutter. I think Nick Perry is somewhere around 27. Chutter is like a year or two younger than that. Um, and again, Perry had a great season last year. Uh, he was on a one-year contract and um, did really well in his kind of try-it-out contract, so Addressing the needs that the Packers have, obviously, on defense right now, he's going to be huge. Um, also, then Micah Hyde, too. I think he's versatile, he's fast, he can cover those tight ends. He's someone that it would be kind of a shame to see if, if we lost him. or It would be a shame to see him go if we lost him. Um, and then Jared Cook, too. Aaron Rodgers loves Jared Cook, and the Packers love Jared Cook. So those are the guys I would say I'd want to see stick around. Very outside-the-box thinking with J.C. Treader at the top of the list. Um, (laughs) I'm not sure many people would agree with that, but I don't think that's necessarily wrong either. Uh, You're going with the young guy as opposed to the older guy. Um, There's a lot to be said for that. That's interesting that you say that, though. Uh, But do you think that Ted Thompson and the Packers will get involved in signing a free agent from outside the organization, Aaron? I mean, I think that they will. Um, I think that they'll be maybe a little more active in free agency than they have been in the past. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't see them, you know, going into a bidding war in week one, um, but I can definitely see them maybe signing someone in week two or week three. Um, Again, depending on how things go with the free agents that they have right now. Um, But yeah, I mean, I could see them probably getting somebody if they see someone like a Julius Peppers or. Charles Woodson that they like um it wouldn't surprise me yeah you just never know with Ted Thompson all right Aaron before we let you go here for our listeners to just get to know you a little bit can can you tell us a little bit about the webs websites you write for uh I know in addition to contributing to Packers blogs like Lombardi Ave and and Acme Packing Company and you work for Bleacher Report I I think it's really cool that you co-founded the website womentalkingsports.com how did all this come about The really interesting story, I'm going to give you the very short version of it. Um, basically, a friend, when I lived out in New York, a friend and I, um, she's a huge sports fan as well. Unfortunately, she's a Cleveland Browns fan, so she's not <laughs> as lucky as we are. Um, but we both saw that there was this need to get women, to provide a platform for women as fans to become more involved in sports. So a lot of our friends would come to us and say things like, 
I really want to watch the game on Sunday, but I don't have anyone to watch it with, and I can't find anyone to watch the game with me. So what we did basically was build up this group of women um, who could watch sports together, whether it was NFL or it was baseball or it was NBA, um, write about sports if they wanted to because our website is obviously a blog, um, and just contribute as more active sports fans. So our whole goal with Women Talking Sports is really just to get women more involved and more active as fans. Very cool, very cool. I wish you all the best with that venture and, and all your other ventures as well. Uh, thank you for taking the time to talk to us here this morning. Greatly appreciate it. Um, keep up the good work, and we'd love to have you on again sometime. Sounds great. Thank you so much. Thanks to Aaron Underwood of Bleacher Report, among other outlets, for joining us this morning. And thanks to you, the listener, for joining us as we continue on with the show. I'll try to tell you, Vince, in our Packers news segment, two Packers players have been gaining attention on social media. Yeah, that qualifies as news at this time of year. The first is Eddie Lacy taking to Twitter, sharing a video of himself rehabbing in a pool. I believe he posted this this past Wednesday. With free agency getting closer by the day, he understandably wants to give a good impression that he's healthy and he's in shape, whether for the Packers or any other team in the NFL. Obviously, Eddie Lacy wants to sign as good of a contract as possible, and while I suppose it's a good thing that he's working out, there's little you can tell from a 10-second video of him uh, basically running in a pool. Uh, you can't tell the extent of his rehab. You can't tell how well he's in shape, uh, which is obviously a big sticking point after the proceedings of the past year plus in which, you know, he was purportedly out of shape, according to head coach Mike McCarthy, or not as in good shape as he could be. So at this point, it is what it is. Uh, I think the Packers have to determine Eddie Lacy's value based upon what they already know about him. And they've been around him now for four years. They know his strengths and weaknesses. Does one outweigh the other? Uh, I've said many times on this show, I think his weight issues have been blown out of proportion although that doesn't mean I think the Packers should make him one of the highest-paid running backs in the NFL. I'd personally like to see Lacey return uh, or come back on a one-year kind of prove-it deal, maybe two years, but we'll have to see what happens. Uh, obviously, I'm not the one making decisions for the Green Bay Packers, but the other Packers player making headlines on social media was none other than quarterback Aaron Rodgers, to give some background, the NFL, in an attempt to drum up interest in the upcoming NFL Combine, shared a video of Rodgers running the 40-yard dash back when he was a Combine participant. And in response to that video, Rodgers used the word hashtag fake news, obviously a reference to the recurring theme of President Donald Trump. Uh, Rogers claimed to have run 4.66 seconds, which would be 0.05 seconds, uh, 0.05 of a second faster, which has prompted some critics to point out how sensitive Rogers is to such, such trivial matters. Um, while I can't claim to have sit here and researched the topic in depth, 
I do know how the combine works. They give a time for the televised version of the 40-yard dash, but that's not necessarily the official time. Just just watch this next week, and you'll notice that. You'll probably even hear analyst Mike Mayock talk about it on the, the TV coverage. Um, obviously, he's not going to sit there and talk about it over and over, so if you miss him one day, you might not catch it. But uh, they'll post the official times after the event is over, And while the TV version is usually close and sometimes it's even 100% accurate, it's just not the official number. So take that for what you will. Take Aaron Rodgers' comments for what you will. Uh, It's not a big deal, even if you do think he's too sensitive to the topic. Everybody will forget about this in a few days down the road. Uh, And while social media, like I said, qualifies as news at this time of year, that's about all I got in terms of the breaking news of the Green Bay Packers. So with the rest of the time I have, uh, again, solicited solicited some questions on social media uh, to, to answer from listeners here. And so we'll take a little bit of time and do that. Question from Kevin Lamb. That's username KLambCheesehead on Twitter. Who has the best chance of making the 53 this year from the practice squad players in 2016? And that's an awesome question, Kevin. Uh, One I'm sure that a lot of people thought about in their minds, perhaps, when the Packers released their list of futures free agents that they signed at the conclusion of the 2016 season. So it really only took them a day or two after the NFC Championship game loss. They announced basically bringing back everybody from their practice squad, but one player, and um, we already discussed that on the show, um, the the cornerback that they signed uh, that with the Cincinnati Bengals will not be back. But if I had to choose one player of the, I believe it was nine of them that were on the practice squad, my best guess, and the guy I kind of am highest on and even was this past training camp um uh, maybe not the highest of of all the players on the roster or anything like that but a guy I thought had a chance to make the roster this past year but uh hung around on the practice squad all year long was outside linebacker Reggie Gilbert and you know what he there there's a several several reasons I mean first of all I liked him coming out of the NFL draft or undrafted free agency last year Played at a big-time program at Arizona, so, you know, faced Pac-12 competition and and did, you know, fairly well, not saying he was the the best player or anything like that, but, you know, was, you know, played big-time competition and and put up respectable statistics, uh, especially later in his career. And, and then when he got to training camp, and I thought he did a good job in the preseason with the Green Bay Packers, flashed from time to time. I know he even got a sack or two in the preseason. And what's really prompting this for me as a guy who I think could make the 53-man roster this year is obviously there's going to be some transition in that outside linebacker position with so many guys up for free agency. Now, certainly some of them may very well come back, um, you know, but you got guys like Nick Perry and Dayton Jones, who are free agents, who 
may or may not be back. Uh, I think maybe a lot of people think they will, and that could very well be the case, but we just can't guarantee it at this point. Then you've got Julius Peppers, who's also a free agent, but may just decide to retire uh, completely. We don't really know there. Uh, all that being said, uh, and as well, uh, the restricted free agent, J. Ron Elliott, throw him in there as well. Um, you know, all that being said, not pr- probably all four of them won't be back. So even if the Packers do have Clay Matthews and um, uh, the the third round draft choice from this past year, Kyler Fackrell, definitely under contract, they need depth. And I think Reggie Gilbert can be a guy that really, with a year of seasoning under his belt, now can make that step up and make the 53-man roster this year. He's still got a lot to prove. Uh, That's what the offseason is for. Uh, Hopefully he's the type of guy who, uh, you know, did wonders from a a year in an NFL weight room and learned a lot uh, from watching guys and, and learned the defense and the scheme and the calls and all those kind of things. And hopefully he takes advantage of this year's mini camp and and OTAs and all those kind of things. Um, I think he has the best chance. Certainly, this is a stab in the dark. I could easily be wrong. There's lots of guys. Uh, I like what Lucas Patrick did, the offensive lineman, uh, defensive lineman Brian Price, actually. He ended the season on the practice squad, but he was actually an active member of the 53 for uh, a few weeks there at midseason, kind of towards the beginning of the year. Uh, so he already has experience. He could be the guy who makes the 53 this year. Uh, I really like um, uh, several guys that they have. So uh, could be any one of them. Uh, I think Reggie Gilbert stands the best chance, uh, but a lot of them will have an opportunity to stick out. <clears throat> All right, another question from username bestd 75 asks, is Green Bay's biggest challenge in free agency the city itself? How many players don't sign here simply because of concerns like Sterling Sharps? You know, way back when there was concern that, you know, they didn't like to play in the cold. They didn't like to play in a small city like Green Bay. And that very well may have been the case in the dead years of the of the 1970s and the 1980s. But you know what? Reggie White changed all that. And even if those concerns lingered into the 1990s, they're almost nil today. I'm sure a lot of players don't love the cold and don't like the small rural city atmosphere. I'm a Wisconsin native and I don't like the cold. A few people do. Uh, But there's three things at play here that I think have changed all that. First, the contract's worth Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. That that goes a long way to changing people's minds. Uh, if if I got a, uh, you know, if anybody wanted to hire me uh, for a million dollars a year to move out to Alaska, I'd probably do it. So, you know, that's that's one thing. Then there's also the prospect of playing for a winning franchise. And, you know, outside the New England Patriots, The Packers are arguably the most successful franchise in the NFL since the Mike Holmgren slash Ron Wolf era. Certainly in recent history, the Packers have now, what, made the playoffs eight times in a row. And um, uh, 
uh, so they uh, only tied with the New England Patriots, and um, and and so also uh, the the Packers are consistently the team paying the most workout bonuses in the entire NFL. It happens year after year. You usually see it around the time reports will come out when uh, OTAs take place uh, because, you know, that's that's when they get paid for doing these kind of things. So in the spring, when the weather in Wisconsin still isn't the greatest, the Packers pay their players more than anywhere else in the NFL to stick around and work out in Green Bay in the offseason, which is not required but highly encouraged. And pretty much the Packers have had 99.9% participation rate over the years. There's been very few issues um, when a guy may uh, be looking for a new contract. I think there was some issues with Sam Shields the one year where he didn't work out in Green Bay all the time is what did he receive a tender and not signed it yet something like that um but I mean nowadays you know it's just not an issue anymore and I, I think we can look at potential Hall of Fame caliber players signing with the Packers and debunk that look at Charles Woodson who signed with the Packers in free agency look at Julius Peppers who signed with the Packers in free agency. Look at Jeff Saturday, who signed with the Packers in free agency. Obviously, he was at the end of his career with the Packers and not, you know, Hall of Fame caliber at that point anymore. But that doesn't take away the fact that he was a Hall of Fame caliber player. Uh, The issue in Green Bay is that they're very conservative in their approach to free agency, and rightfully so. Has there been a few instances in which I wish the Packers were more involved in free agency? Yes. Notably in 2014, if you listen to this show on a consistent basis, I probably sound like a broken record. I think the Packers should have signed linebacker Dequell Jackson and tight end Owen Daniels that year, but that's a minor quibble. By and large, I agree with 98% of the transactions Ted Thompson and the Packers make. I'm sure this goes with most people. Yeah, you would maybe do a few things differently, but I think if you're going out and spending huge amounts of money in free agency, you're doing it wrong. Consistently, you see the teams that throw stupid the stupid amount of money around in free agency. They're the teams that don't make the playoffs because they don't treat their salary cap well and they, you know, try to throw big money for 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 big time players and all they're doing is hurting their salary cap and preventing them from signing other people. So, um, yeah, I, I just don't think that the city angle is is relevant anymore because of all the reasons uh, that I mentioned. It, you know, it could there be an outlier, uh, a guy who just simply doesn't want to play in the cold weather? Sure, is that one player holding the the Packers back from from winning Super Bowl titles? I don't think so. Finally here, uh, another question from from Robert Stemsky uh, on Twitter. That's username Bob Bruce. He asks, if the Packers stand pat with their offensive team playmakers, can we draft defensive players to turn our defense around? And I think that's a resounding 
uh, yes. <laughs> I, I don't think no matter what happens in free agency, you, you know, the Packers will still draft heavily on the defensive side of the football. Even if they go out and sign a cornerback, they still need help in the front seven of the defense. And, and obviously, you know, they're basically going to stand pat with with what's what they have on offense. Um, you know, Eddie Lacy may or may not be back. Uh, Jared Cook, it probably looks like he's going to be back. So, I, I mean, but even without those guys, you know, the Packers got, of course, the, the biggest and most major piece in place, Aaron Rodgers, which is so important. The wide receiver group is basically going to be unchanged, and that was a very good group this past year, uh, especially with Jordy Nelson, Randall Cobb, and Devontae Adams, not to mention you know, what Ty Montgomery can offer and Geronimo Allison and, and the potential of like a Trevor Davis and Jeff Janis, you know, it, it's going to be unchanged. All those guys are under contract. So, you know, it's, they need the help on the defensive side of the football, even if they do go out and sign a cornerback, which everybody thinks they need a cornerback. And, and I don't disagree. They need one somewhere, whether it be free agency or the NFL draft. That's not going to prevent them from also taking a cornerback in the NFL draft. Maybe it prevents them from taking one in the first round, but you could certainly look at, well, that was a very poor unit this year. Let's let's get a few new bodies uh, in Green Bay, in camp, and see what they can do. And so, yeah, they could certainly add more corners. They need help at outside linebacker with the pass rush. And obviously you need depth at all the other positions, whether it's inside linebacker where they could use an upgrade or on the defensive line with depth there. So, yeah, this is going to be heavily a defensive draft. I would almost guarantee if we just look at, you know, the Packers have right now before any trades are made, I believe eight draft picks, this NFL draft, I, I, I'm, I would guarantee you, more than half of them will be on the defensive side of the football. So, you know, out of the eight, at least five and probably more will be on the defensive side of the football. I'd, I'd be very surprised if it was uh, majority offensive players. I I would go, I would bet money on that. So uh, it, it, that's not even one where I would probably hesitate to put money down on that kind of bet. So, uh, yeah, Packers going to go heavy on defense this upcoming NFL draft. All right, next segment. The day ahead. All right, before the National Scouting Combine takes place next week, there's another regional combine taking place this weekend, just as there were the previous previous two weekends. This one takes place in Washington, D.C., spanning two days. Uh, and this is the only regional combine that covers two days because it's the only one that includes specialists the nfl must feel that they don't need kickers and punters at all what five or six of their regional combines so they asked to come to one instead um once again we we don't know whether the packers will be sending a representative or not but they will have access to a database of all information including measurements from the regional combine and including video of the players. So, you know, that might not seem like much Packers news on the Packers calendar over the weekend, but consider this the calm before the storm. 
The NFL world descends on Indianapolis on Tuesday of next week, and that's no exaggeration. Um, In addition to the prospects uh, that'll be there, the Packers themselves will send pretty much the entire coaching staff, their scouts, a good number of their front office executives, their media group, and apart from the Packers and, and every thir- all 32 NFL teams, nearly every NFL agent will be in Indianapolis representing their players. I know they have agents meetings there. It really is quite a spectacle. Uh, so everyone is gearing up for that, and a lot's going to take place for the first time in the convention center this year. And it's open to fans this year, part of it. Uh, the interviews will be open to fans. The bench press will be open to fans. So all those kind of things. Uh, so, you know, like I said, the calm before the storm this weekend, before things really get ramped up next week, a lot of which will be televised on the NFL Network. So that'll be really cool uh, next week. So, And, in fact, um, we've already got a guest lined up for Monday morning's episode of Railbird Central, in which we'll have uh, back for the second time on the show Jeff Risden of Real GM. Um, dot com. Uh, we've had him on the show last year, roughly a year ago. Uh, he's a draft analyst and a very good one. And that's why I've asked him back because he does a really good job. And I think he'll get us prepared for the NFL combine when it takes place next Tuesday. So kind of a, uh, combine preview episode on Monday at 8 30 AM central time. As usual, the live edition when we don't have internet outages, take place Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, 8.30 a.m. Central Time, the live edition of the show, podcasted and on demand later in the day. And uh, so get ready for that. Uh, That does it for today's show. My call to action, today's show is brought to you by Beer Rock, Madison's upcoming craft beer bar, looking to open in the coming months, of which I am the prospective owner. Please give us a follow on Facebook at facebook.com slash Madison. That's spelled B-I-E-R-O-C-K, Madison, like the city. Um, we're not; Our doors are not open yet, but before we do, we want to spread the word on social media. So when we do open the doors, we've got customers out there waiting for us, which we think is the appropriate thing to do. So thanks a lot. Those of you who have, I appreciate it. And those of you who haven't yet, just take a moment, one minute, not even 30 seconds to... Give us a like, give us a follow on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever. Um, And we'll see you next week, folks. Uh, Everybody, have a good weekend. Have a good Friday. Uh, We'll talk to you next Monday. On behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Kiravu. I leave you today with a song called Bellwether by Lotus on Psy Fidelity Records. See ya. Go, pack, go.